Hey there, welcome to our AP Legal Zone podcast brought to you by AP Lawyers. We are your top fix for all weekly law updates, including family, immigration, wills, and estates law. Just a friendly reminder we are not your lawyers, and everything contained in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to be construed as legal advice. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about our new episodes. Hello, I'm Angela Princewell. And I'm Shreen Abdi. And our topic today is 23 ways clients waste money on legal fees. So in case you didn't figure, it's 2023. And, you know, reflecting on the year um, past, we we wanted to help our clients um, save money. We like to provide value. And part of that is making sure that um, we are, we're actually providing the most value to you. So we're doing everything we can, making sure that we are managing your resources right. And we want to, we want to give you results. We don't necessarily want it to cost you an arm and a leg. However, we know that to achieve that, we need to work with you and maybe give you some ideas of ways that um, you can keep your legal fees as low as possible. So on that note, I will jump into number one, which is focus on the big picture. Yeah, we say this a lot of the time, you know, sometimes when, you know, you're going through a separation, there's a lot going through your mind. And that's understandable, especially if it's the children. To be honest, like I try to sit there and I prioritize kind of what is the goal here? Like we go through if you know, the goal is to have the children have a stable parenting arrangement, then we want to focus on that. So and it's not so much about what the he said, she said, it's the big picture. So I say that a lot. Um, and yeah, to be honest, it's it's pretty self-explanatory, but maybe Angela, you have an example. No, it's just, it just boils down to that word. And I always, I often ask clients, even from the consultation stage, what do you want? And it's not necessarily because I want to know, I, I, I want to give them the, the details or give them down to the last deal, everything they want. It's, I want to understand their motivations. I want to know where they're coming from because I get a sense of, okay, this is what they want. And I always ask why, right? Because I'm not, it's not just, what do you want? Why do you want it? Because that might be able, I might be able to help you achieve your goals without necessarily doing things the way that you're seeing them right now. So look at the big picture. If I understand that for you, you want your kids to be safe and have a happy life. You want to make sure that you're financially, you know, okay after this change, then, you know, it's not so much about the dollars, it's it, dollar sign or which parenting arrangement. At that point, I'm going, the big picture is children are okay and everyone's taking is walks out of this relationship okay financially so that's the big picture now we're very compassionate um, at this firm and we it's a core value of ours it's important to us for our clients to feel heard and even when we're in court we we want to make sure that you feel like your voice was heard that that's an important thing for us However, one way that a lot of our clients um, spend a lot of money on legal fees is using us as their therapists. Yes, it happens often. And to be honest, we understand. We understand why it happens. And But if you can avoid doing it and finding you know, alternative support, I encourage it. It probably will be cheaper for you. Um, you know, Depending on your workplace, it may be covered, right? So you want to be careful about kind of, you know, 
I want to say venting, but you know, we do recognize you're paying for the time that you're spending with us. So we want you to be mindful of those resources. We understand that things can get heated and emotional. It's part of the process. Yes. So yeah, well said, well said, Shireen. Like uh, there's, uh, that's mm -hmm. it. It's pretty much it. The only thing I, I could add to that is just, you know, we, we don't have the training to assist you in that way. Right. So we do, we do a lot of training on, on different aspects of, of family life. And, you know, we've had courses on psychology and things like that way back in our university years, but we're not, because we're not therapists, I feel like there's tools that we don't have to help you. And, you know, when you go to, when we get a lot of referrals from therapists who, you know, send the clients over to us because they're not lawyers, right? They're not trying to guide them through that in that way. So we encourage you to go to your therapist. And even if they cost more than we do, it, they, they would have tools and strategies to help <clears> you. But our guess is more often than not, they don't. And um, yes, so we love you and we, we, we really feel for what's happening to you. And we want to hear everything, but we want to be mindful that we're using your money the right way and you're not just wasting legal fees. And so the third way clients waste money on legal fees is um, if you don't want us acting on it, don't waste time telling us about it. Yes, this happens often. I'll, you know, I'll come in, I'll get a slew of emails, you know, on all of the events that took place, you know, the day before. And I, and I understand, like, sometimes this mostly happens with new files, but it also happens through contentious files. Mm -hmm. But truthfully, like, we don't need to be updated every, you know, crevice of your in personal life. Like, we really don't need the information. And sometimes it is, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a catalyst to also, you know, act using us as your therapist and venting. And I yeah. understand that, you know, we're, we're privy to the situation. So maybe, you know, you feel comfortable telling us about it. Well, we appreciate that. If you don't want us acting on it, because the, most of the time when we read these emails, we're thinking, okay, like, this is what we got to do. We have to set parameters in place. We're, we're coming up with a game plan, but in reality, that's not what your intention was. It was just say, hey, this is what happened. I like, we don't need to know all of it. We, you know, so, so just want to be careful and mindful because again, we are being mindful of your resources. This is the most, I think, very common way that people waste resources is just telling us a slew of, you know, information that we can't do anything with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you said that, right? We're strategizing, we're talking to people, we're, I mean, the good thing on our, with our firm is we'll generally check with you before we take any action, which is great. But imagine if we like just went all out, brought this motion, started to take actions and you're like, why are they being so extra? Well, when you're telling us X so-and-so did something to you, parenting time didn't go well and all of that. For us, it's not just, oh, it didn't go well. It's like, oh my God, what do we need to do to protect these children? What do we need to protect you? So our mind is going on overdrive and you know we're, that's time we're spending mm -hmm. working on your file that we don't need to. Um, so keep your emotions in check. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start. I guess it's kind of everything else. So talk to your therapist. Um, if you don't need us to know about it, don't tell us about it. Like I, I think it all comes down to sort of wouldn't do they all kind of tie in I guess yeah keeping your emotions in check also like you know it's difficult going through a separation but I always say 
If you think about it five times and it doesn't seem right to send it, don't send it. If you're sending all of these, you know, angry messages or, you know, angry. Mm -hmm. going, yeah, we're actually you know, going and it to happens about that in the heat of well. the moment, especially because of some most of the time it's a lack of trust between the two parties. And if it's a contentious file that it's already, you know, both of you guys are already polarized against each other. There's a slew of problems, you know, but you want to be very mindful. Um, Angela and I have this thing that sometimes you just want to think of it from a business perspective, remove yourself from the equation as best as possible, but really try to be mindful of your emotions. Most of the time that catapults into a bigger problem. You know, one thing that could have just been as simple as, you know, I don't know, vacation time, the other party being, you know, unnecessarily, you know, vindicated about it you know, when, you know, on a rampage um, and now we're dealing with motions, like it's so unnecessary sometimes. So just be mindful that your emotions do have an impact and those emotions, you know, if they're contained will also ultimately lead to cheaper legal fees. Yes. Well said. Well said. Um, so the sixth way people waste money on legal fees is responding. Um, please respond to your ex's messages. Okay. Um, a lot of times we set up um, our family wizard or um, there's a couple of others that app close. And then app close, like parenting applications that yes. you guys use, even text messages. But even text messages, just respond to it. You if you know? don't respond, they're going to get their other lawyer or they're if they're self-represented, they're going to email your lawyer and they're going to go through channels where it could have just been as simple as, yes, I'm available, pick up at five o'clock, you know? Look at the worst case scenario here. Like if let's say decision-making is an issue by not responding, you're automatically making the other person's case for them because they'll tell the judge, well, we just can't, you know, if you want to make decisions jointly with somebody, but you're not responding to their messages because they piss you off. Well, guess what? You've just made a case for them to have you know, sole decision-making responsibilities. Yeah, within reason, of course, we're not saying, you know, if you're getting 55 messages <laughs> regarding, you know, like just, you know, if you want to be mindful, assess it in a very hopefully logical way um, and just, you know, assess like, does this need a response? And if so, if, if it doesn't, like, could I just say something at least to indicate that it doesn't need my response and I won't respond to, you know, unnecessary stuff, you know, just exactly. to make it clear. <laughs> Yep, I, I agree with you. Um, number seven, not all messages have to go through your lawyers. So yes. and a major example I'm thinking of there is parenting. Yes, for parenting, you know, if you guys are talking and you're negotiating, like we don't need to be privy to all of these. You know, if you're arranging pickups and drop-offs at this location, that location. Some people should specifically say, I don't, um, you know, they might send a message like, where do we do pick up and drop offs? And now we've told them to respond. So they would be like, all messages have to go through my lawyers. And it's like, it's not effective for you though. Like you don't need them. Even this one is one where it just goes, the logic goes beyond money because yes, you might be able to afford to have us, you know, arrange every pick up and drop off for you, but it might not be practical. For example, it's a Friday evening. We're going to be closed for the weekends. Most of us are not checking our emails on the weekend. So what happens if there's an exchange that if you tell someone, well, all communications has to go through my lawyers and now they need to drop off at 5 p.m. on Sunday instead of 6 p.m. Like it, it, it's just logistic. Yeah, or there's an emergency. Like you guys, there needs to be some flexibility. 
um, again, they're not they're not pertinent enough to only go through counsel. If there's a situation where you don't feel comfortable communicating with the other party, that's where third party applications assist. And that's where also third parties can assist that you don't have to hopefully pay for. Um, but yeah, essentially just be mindful of that. Exactly. So that's a good that's a good tip, Shireen. I like that. Like maybe use a third party if you have consent with communicating with the person directly because going through the lawyers is just a very expensive way um to do to do it. Um so do you really want to send that email? So I know we've we've encouraged you to communicate if you can use a third party if you can't um just so you can save on those legal fees but um what happens with those caving emails um you know i i, I remember there's a, a funny story with um a court matter that you had where the your client's ex had all of these ex like words that um cannot be said on any channel but yeah <laughs> so they had all these words like do you really want and you brought it to the attention of the judge and you know that didn't go down well did it yeah it did not go well at all so you want to be very careful especially if you're in court you know i'm not saying that you should be verbally contacting someone and saying these things but if you don't want to say it to them in an email where the judge is going to look at it or another third party is not going to look at it and have some eyebrows raised then you certainly shouldn't be saying it and you certainly shouldn't be putting in an email. So you want to be very careful. You probably don't need to send that email. It's not going to assist the issue. You know, I've never actually seen it help the issue. I can comfortably say that. So I, I just think just be very, very careful, especially, you know, if you don't want that to be used against you. And I'm not saying every email is going to be, but you want to be very careful. Exactly. Um, the number nine, um, don't copy us in every email that you and your ex exchange regarding parenting time. I think with it goes without yeah. saying kind of what we've been, if all messages aren't necessarily coming through us, there's no point in, in, in copying us on the email, especially if there's nothing you need us to do. We don't need to be there when, you know, with every it's 6 30 p.m at tim hortons no meet me at the drive with me. like you really it's really a waste <laughs> yeah. of money and you have to understand when we see that email we're not going to know it's not important right we're sitting down there we're reading because even when we're, we've read the first 10 lines and it's irrelevant we're thinking there must be something on the 11th line <laughs> yeah. that we're the 11th email absolutely and I, then now know. we're done and we're like okay 30 minutes later and there was actually nothing here so you've just wasted legal fees that way right so so don't, I used don't to have a client that essentially would would think that like having a lawyer cc to the email would assist in her point um, I didn't agree, but at the same time, like you want to be very careful if you, you know, maybe sometimes if you're saying, you know what, don't contact me. I've told you not to contact me about, you know, unnecessary things. And then maybe CCing your lawyer. I can understand that. I but you want to be careful about the amount of times you do that, because again, yes. it, it does increase your legal fees and you may not, you may not notice it and you may not think it's a big deal, but it's just an easy way to make sure you're paying a little, obviously less. Um, and being just more cost efficient with your own resources. Absolutely. Okay, number 10, let the lawyers do their job. Um, trust them because sometimes less is more. Yes. Uh, this one is, it happens all the time. You don't have to throw in everything just to defend your point. And, you know, when you're reading something online and you're telling me about it, trust me that I know what I'm talking about. 
you don't need to educate me on the issue. You can educate me on the facts of your situation and I could advise you going forward or we can both do that, of course. But it, you want to be very careful in terms of doing that. It's just, it doesn't help the situation. Yeah. So don't like when we're, I, I find this um in my experience, it's mostly when it comes to preparing applications or even sending letters. Um, When you're talking to, to us and you're telling us things, you might want us to send a letter saying, you know, Mr. J cheated on, on my client. And as a result, this happened. And, and we, there might be a reason why we're not doing that. I use the example of cheating because I know it's a big one emotionally for a lot of people, but legally it doesn't really mean anything. And if I'm trying to accomplish, if I'm trying to accomplish something more, like maybe, you know, and I'm going to be specific here because I don't want people to apply this to themselves in that sense, but it may not, certain things I might not be saying because it doesn't help what I'm trying to get for you. So, you know, exchanging accusations, if it's going to engage the other side in a way that is not helpful to your case, then you will see us leave it out. Trust us, there's there's a method behind what, why we do there's what we a do. Method, there's a method to the madness. There's a strategy behind it. You know, yeah. like when you're telling us, like, we need to be more aggressive, like, you have to you have to understand like these situations we've dealt with time and time again we do know when it's appropriate to be a little more you know i would say i don't want to say the word aggressive but essentially to be a little more of on the offensive yes, we know a little when. more offensive but again it there's a time and a place for it and it really depends on the circumstances so if you're thinking you know you watch tv and you're like no i want that it's not going to get the job done the way you think it is so you can't badger the, one... the other side into into agreeing right like i i also sit back and i smile when i see other lawyers like take that those strategies I, at some point i don't even bother responding because it's interesting to me it's like it's cute like you're funny yeah. We know the law, so you could scream from the top of the mountain. I know the test that I need to meet. If my client's right, they're right. And eventually, either if you're screaming so loud and I'm taking it, you don't want to negotiate that settlement. So then it, it judges or an arbitrator is going to tell you one way or another. But us going into the screaming contest doesn't really do anyone any good. So mm -hmm. trust us when we're not taking things taking that approach because we only we know it's only going to cost you more and so Shireen had kind of touched on this when she was speaking which is number 11 don't throw everything and the kitchen sink into you know when either in your correspondence or in drafting your materials we choose our battles yeah so like if for example like you have a very weak entitlement to spousal support but you want to just ask for it just because you want to ask for everything and under the sun when you're claiming everything under your application, you want to be very careful because there are cost consequences to things like this. So we want to pick and choose. I'm not saying we're going to pick your strongest points, but essentially, yes, in that sense. Because that, we might drop your weakest ones. Yes. Because it, um, it distracts from, yeah, it distracts from what we're trying to accomplish. Exactly. And the judges will tell you like, well, what is it that you really want? Because you've asked for X, Y, Z. Like, what is it that you're actually looking for? And you want to be very careful. So things like that you want to just look I have, yeah. <laughs> I want to add in here that this is one where I would defer to my clients like my advice is to pick and choose your battle but if you want me to go after every single item like I have your back so my philosophy mm -hmm. with my clients is when we're in my office when we're on a zoom call I will level with you there is almost 
it surprises me sometimes when clients are a little bit taken aback when they hear something at a conference because chances are I would have told you. I would always tell you because I haven't, we've done this long enough to have an idea where things would fall. Some things were not too clear on and would tell you, but, and so we kind of know. So if your claim for support is weak, but you want to put it in there because maybe you know that's your, your partner's like biggest <clears throat> concern and it might give you some leverage or you know what, you don't care. You're just angry. You want to do it. We will tell you where we think it's going to fall. If you insist on it, we'll put it in there. But just remember that it's a waste of, a, of legal fees because we're making arguments on an issue that is very weak. And well, that you don't really care for. <laughs> the cost yeah, and Sherry mentioned the cost consequences. But even another thing that I find, um, aside from picking your battles as well, is the facts. Like people want the facts known. So on this day, you know, he came back at what time? And then he threw a shoe at me. And then like, it doesn't, there's all of these things depending. So let's say we're looking at a one-year marriage, no children. The fact that the, the domestic violence it matters. There's no doubt it does. Let's deal with it in a criminal law context. Let's get justice for you there because you don't get any left. It doesn't do anything for you in a family law context if there's no children involved. If it's a short marriage where if there's even equalization or even spousal support, it would most likely be a lump sum and a clean break anyway. So spending all of your time and money to me, you know, making that claim of, each and every incident of, of what you suffered, it it makes, I feel bad in the sense that I almost feel like you're being victimized twice. You've suffered through this and now you have to pay legal fees to, to kind of introduce this in a way, in a context that doesn't serve you. Now, obviously, if, there's, if it's not a clean break situation we're talking about, if there's children involved, then my strategy would be different. So I guess this kind of goes back to number 10 of trust us, we know what we're doing. So um, during number 12, you and your neighbor's matters are different. Do you, if I give you a dime for every time someone told you what their neighbor got out of a situation? Like, uh, happens too often. You know, I, I get often like, oh, my neighbors, you know, it was quick. It was just, they did an agreement and then now they're, you know, they only spent like a thousand dollars and they're they're fine you and your matters are so different. Yeah. Every matter depends on the circumstance. What might have been okay for, you know, your neighbor and her spouse at that time, it's not going to be the same situation for you. So exactly. you want to be careful. And maybe, you your know, maybe your neighbors are nice. Maybe they're more amicable. Maybe they were the other, one party didn't care as much. And in your own case, the person is just pretty stubborn. We can't stop them. Well, you know, another thing that I've noticed, Shireen, and this is just from even my personal life and, and my friends is sometimes people don't tell you everything, right? Because I'm a family law lawyer, I get privileged. So I do hear, you know, sometimes someone would come to me and say, Jane did not spend a dime. She did not pay her husband a dime. And, you know, there was no equalization and she kept the home. But I know Jane and I know Jane did pay some equalization. There were pension transfers. And I do know that. Jane bought out that matrimonial home that she's keeping. So I don't know if it's one person that doesn't have the full facts or if they were lied to or whatever. 
the point is a, a might just be straight out that your matters are just different and that's that or you don't have the full picture of their case you're not their family law lawyer so they don't they don't necessarily have to give you the play-by-play -play on everything that happened exactly the scenarios are different the finances are different the people which is the most important thing yes. are different so to expect the same settlement is a little unrealistic obviously if it works we won't get you there right like at the same time that's not our our interest is really to get you to the best stage possible in the most efficient way but again to expect you know unrealistic expectations again we love we would level with you but you want to be a little practical in terms of they're just different in general yep and so keep us posted so while you're trying to negotiate um you know, deals we 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 know that happens. Um, and some every lawyer is different sort of in their approach here. I I personally don't have anything against people that are amicable negotiating in private outside outside of of the lawyers. Um, so long as you keep us posted, right? So do let us know when when you have these private negotiations. Yeah, I actually I prefer it to be honest. If you're in a position where you can amicably resolve your issues and then come back to your lawyers for advice. Absolutely. By all means. Um, I actually had a situation the other day where private negotiations were being done. Um, counsel had a call, but none of us were privy to these conversations. <laughs> so we're having a call on, you know, settlement purposes, resolving these issues. Then, you know, we leave and then we're updating our clients with completely different ideas of where we're at. So it was just, again, a waste of resources because both clients were aware that council had a call, but you know, they're having negotiations on how to settle issues, which is great, like I said, but you always want to update your lawyer, especially in a way that makes sense and in a timely way. Yep, perfect. Um, number 14, third party involvement increases costs and can lead to analysis paralysis. Like I love third parties, they're great. They support, you know, the client, the clients in ways that we may not be able to. But honestly, a lot of times, and I would say most times, third parties can actually prevent a settlement that's reasonable from happening. Exactly. I think sometimes they hurt more than they help, and you want to be very careful. You're hearing, you know, for example, a lot of parents get involved with, you know, their children's um separation matters and that's that especially there's grandchildren involved eh yes children and then so you want to be very careful right but at the same time like you know especially if they're not privy to the conversations that are being had with your lawyer from a legal perspective and they're telling you no I want to I, you should go after this you should do this you should get this you and they hinder your ability to be able to effectively deal with the actual issues and then work with your lawyer on resolving them so you want to be very careful about having third parties and involvement. Sometimes you need that support person. I clearly understand that. Um, but you want to be careful in terms of how much involvement and, you know, whether or not they're actually hindering your progress. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, the other one is be decisive. So this is um, the 15th way that we've identified clients waste mm -hmm money on legal fees be decisive um and yeah that's just it just be decisive is it a yes or a no if we ask you a question you know obviously by all means talk to us about the pros and cons go talk to your support person if if, if you have one um and but come back to us one way or another like if it's a maybe that's fine too but 
you can't yeah. just say one day, I don't want child support. Tell them I don't want child support. I mean, I wouldn't advise that, but, um, and then essentially the next day you're like, no, I want child support and I want to go retroactive child. Like you want to be careful because again, you're wasting time, you know, kind of flip-flopping, going back and Telling forth. Telling the home is, is one. They'll be like, yes, I, I don't, you know, I don't mind. I don't care. I'll let's just sell the home. And then the next day it's like, but well, then where, where would we go? I can't, I don't want to sell the home. And either way, we have your back. Absolutely. And it's, it's fine. Like if you say yesterday and no tomorrow, we get it. Life happens. You went home, things changed and all of that. So we understand, but we just want you to know that when you do that, then you're wasting money on legal fees because it's easy for you to just come to us and say, no, I don't want him to have it. I thought about it. I don't want this and that. Like I've changed my mind. His, you know, he or she is a, is crap and I don't want them keeping my home that I spent so much on blah, blah, blah. We get it. We understand. You can tell us in those words. We're not going to tell the other lawyer in those words. So now we're going to try to to sugarcoat it and frame things and and all of that. So now you're you're putting you're essentially just wasting money on us trying to you know we go to the other lawyer we say one thing to them and then we're coming back saying something else and we're trying to have it all padded and nicely presented. So it's a waste of money. We but again remember we have your back through all of this. I just want you to keep remembering we have your back through whatever it is but we as part of having your back we want to make sure that we, we we use your money wisely so pay attention to these tips number 16 some things are non-negotiable and a big one is child support and I, I think maybe saying it's non-negotiable is the wrong way to put it but it's not worth negotiating if the other side is set on having the table amount of child support especially in a simple case where it's your child biologically, and you've, you know, then you're going to pay child support. Sometimes people think, well, you know, if we say things like she, she cheated and she did this, like she doesn't use the money for child support. Oh or my God. Yes. Use the money for child support. I want to know what it's being spent. Some things are really non-negotiable. Yes. Um, like there are no work around something that is so clear in law. Um, there are some exceptions to things, but uh, we would level with you for those who qualify. And yeah, if the person is asking for the table amount. like <laughs> Exactly. And sometimes, you know, like, I don't want to pay her anything. It's It may not work that way. It so, may yeah, not work. We will make I, sure you I pay her no penny more than you need to. Exactly. But you have to be reasonable. So like even looking at the child support, right? I'm sure you notice like sometimes if a person says, well, you know, they're um, they're registering the child in in horseback riding and and in in skating or in skiing and all of these expensive activities, and I said no. Now that's one that we can go to bat for you because we know that you know did you did you consent to that? Did you know what a, how long it was going to be? Like there's parameters around arguing that but if it's just a base amount of child support and i love the example you gave sure because many times people would level with me she's always taking vacations he's always spending so much he's always drinking he's going to spend the money on alcohol and it's not going to go to the children i don't know you could be right i defer to you you're probably right you know this person better than i possibly ever would but in law, there's really nothing we can do. There really is nothing. So, so long as they have that parenting time with the child, uh, if you want to fight for the other person to not have parenting time because those flaws you've identified make them bad parents, 
that's a different problem. But if those flaws you've identified only go to the issue of child support, when we tell you to drop it, just trust us and drop it. If not, you're just wasting money paying us to negotiate something that's really a non-negotiable. <laughs> Number 17, review the materials we send to you and provide your comments in one go. I cannot tell you the amount of times where, you know, I'm, they're telling me, hey, this is what I think. And then I get another email. Actually, I think this. And then I'm trying to piece together after 10 emails, what you want and what I'm supposed to address. It's so much more time consuming. Try to put all your thoughts or please put all your thoughts into an email, one email and, you know, let it not be a slew of emails. So, oh, actually I take this. It's so hard to follow. And, and think of it from the other way around. If this was you, it would be difficult for you to also follow if I sent you an email. I think this, no, actually you should do this. <laughs> if it's a, an issue, even if it's you just collect it all together, even if it's just the issue of multiple issues, but one email, that's fine. We know how to pick and choose and source through what you're providing us. It's just more time consuming when you put it through 10 emails versus one email. Absolutely. Yep. That's that's right. Um, so give us what we ask of you in a timely manner. Remember that when we're when we're having to, you know, review your file and follow up with you and having following up with you again and things like that, it's costing you money um in, in us having to do that. So if we ask you for for something, if if you're having a hard time and it's going to take some time for you to get it, it's better off you just respond to us and say, I'm going to get back to you. Give me some time. And then, you know, we'll leave it in your in your hands. But if you, you know, if you keep following, if you keep having us follow up with you or giving us the wrong materials and whatnot, then you're just unnecessarily increasing legal fees. This yeah, is such a simple only one. so much that we can do, right? We can't go to the, like, say we need a bank statement. We can't go to your bank on your behalf. I mean, we could if you gave us authority to. Um, and you were present with us, potentially, yes. But you have to be realistic. We can't go to your bank and say, I need this document for your bank account, your checkings account. Like we need your assistance to help you. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you're, let's say you're trying to get support, for example, and let's say spousal support and your income is an issue and you're not giving this to us. Well, you're also depriving yourself of, of us being able to help you with that issue. Because if we don't have all your financial information, then we can't deal with the issue. So not only are you wasting fees and having us follow up with you and things like that, you're also, I mean, it's not a lot. And a lot of times we might not charge you for this, but, you know, you picking up your file like a month, you know, two, three months down the road and realizing that, oh my, you know, we don't have that what we've requested of you, it's a waste of your money. And it's also, it prevents us from actually providing value for you in the form of you getting that support that you, you need. But now she brings you up to number 19. So number 19 is read what we write to you. Um, oh. This is common, you know, I'll get like, a, you know, an, an email. It's like, I don't know what to do about this or X, Y, Z, but I, but I probably just wrote to you in an email very step-by-step step. and like often the times we'll just like I don't know what to do about this but I've already answered your question you have to actually read your emails if or you know or any correspondence that you get you know it's so it's so difficult when they're like but I didn't I want to address this and address that but I probably already have and you haven't read the email 
it doesn't leave us on the same footing. We need to be on the same page. We're collaboratively working with you, not against you. So please just read what we're writing to you, read our correspondence, read our emails. And then, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know people are, It's. I know it's a very difficult time and you're frazzled and you're, you know, just acting on the whim. I, and I get it. Like, I'm sure if this were a different time, in your life, you would be more together and in a better place to to read what we're writing to you. But you just have to try, right? I've had the number of times I've had people call in and they're talking to my my um staff about about something, and I'm, it's always so shocking to me. Like sometimes I've literally I just sense that like two days ago, how are you? calling about that and then they would admit like yes I know I saw the email two days ago I didn't read it but you just I just spent money sending you that that email and sometimes it's the emails are better um because then you can go back to refer to it as well because when we talk on the phone a lot of times you're not taking notes and so you forget what we said and you ask us again but when I put it in an email it's so that I can give you that peace of mind so that when you know in the middle of the night, when you think of something, you can go back and refer to that email and maybe it would give you some comfort. So please do read what we write to you. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Number 20, do not lie to us. You know, seriously, the amount of times this has happened and you want to, you want to be careful because for example, you're saying I never had a property in Florida, for example, and then, you know, the other side gets disclosure that you did, in fact, have a property that you're shielding. That does not make you look good. The last person you should be lying to is your lawyer. The truth will come out, well, at some point, and it doesn't help you. It only hurts you. So the lawyer, like us having um, the ability to be able to look at your file and move things forward, we need to be on the same page, but we also not, not in the dark. We need to know if there's things that you're hiding, um, that you're not disclosing. These things, if they come up, they're not going to make you look good. It ruins your credibility from a court's perspective. It also has issues of mistrust. It leads to unnecessary disclosure. If you miss one thing, they may ask for a plethora of other things because they don't feel that you're truthful anymore because they're the breakdown of trust. And now we know we're dealing with unnecessary disclosure. So again, wasting legal fees. When it's unnecessary, when it could have just been, hey, this is what I have, you know, how do I best protect it? Yeah, well said. Um, so number 21, um, be organized, prepare for your meetings with us. Most importantly, tell us what the meeting is about. And I mean, we we try with, with the staff, you know, when clients call in to, to set up meetings and things to kind of drill down to why. But at the end of the day, we are here to serve if you really want to talk to me. I will make the time, but it's not valuable for you. So if I'm coming into a meeting without any idea what you want to talk to me about, what if I'm, I might not be in a position to provide solutions, right? And so we spend 30 minutes to an hour and, you know, it's, it's just a waste really because I wasn't prepared to talk about what you want us to talk about. So an example would be say there's um, something to, you know, you want an update on your file, for example, or, or, or even, you know, and I'm with, and I, and I, there's no update at this point. Well, maybe that meeting is not necessary. So let's not waste time, um, scheduling that meeting. 
you know, and, and having you have that cost just to hear there's nothing. If you had just told the staff, they would have been able to tell you, well, no, there's no update at this time, but Ms. Abdi has a call scheduled for next week with the lawyer. And then when you come in as well, and we know that sometimes things are private and maybe you just want to tell us face to face. So that's fine, but just be prepared and be, be organized. Help us help you is the, is the only way I could put that. Yeah. If you're just shuffling through, you know, a lot of documents, don't really know how to kind of, you don't really know what the question is that you're asking, like, and we're sifting through all these documents, but I'm not really trying to understand the goal here, or I'm, I'm not understanding the goal here. It's not going to help, right? It will spend time kind of trying to ascertain what we're doing. And like Angela said, it's help us help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one is keep the momentum going. Um, So that's the... Uh, people don't understand how much um, time and money could be wasted from touch and drop um, scenarios. So, you know, if we send you an email, if we request disclosure, be on it, give it to us. We know some take longer than others. Um, you know, if it's your bank statement, you might be able to get those at one point. If it's your pensions, it might take 60 days. Let us know what you're doing. Give us the disclosure. We can begin to prepare your financial statement and we would insert the other numbers when we get it. But let's keep the momentum going because the, the freshness of your matter in my mind, you know, a week from today is definitely going to be different um, a year from, from today, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes it serves our clients to put um hit a pause and we will be the first to tell you that like I, I would generally tell clients I'm not going to do anything right now I'll wait for the other side to to make a move because it serves you but where it doesn't serve you um and you're just I know it's a coping mechanism for some people they're overwhelmed they just don't want to deal with this well it costs you more each time you know you just give us one thing then we follow up with you then you disappear for a while and there's no momentum going on on your file or for example, like you guys are close to a settlement and it's really just a matter of signing it, the amount of time you spend lagging on that. Like I've seen deals fall through, like you want to make the best use of time that you can. If you guys are, are, are at a settlement stage and it just takes maybe one piece of disclosure, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Yes. Let's get this settled. It's only going to hinder you. And then let's say you've got a great deal and then it's just a matter of, you know, signing it. You want to push forward and sign it before the other side you know, maybe changes their mind. Yeah, absolutely. And the last one, number 23, um, please make sure you remain flexible. I And I always tell people these during consultations when I want to know the big picture and understand what they want. The goal, I always say this, the goal stays the same, but be flexible on the strategy and on the manifestation of that goal. And it, it, what I'm, I don't I'm not being spiritual here, but your goal, if your goal, again, going back to the example I used earlier was, you know, I want, I want the children to be happy and feel, you know, to feel safe and, you know, just be okay through the separation. And I want to make sure that I'm, we're financially okay. I'm able to have a roof over their head. And I want to make sure I have a car to drive and that we could still do some of the activities we used to before separation. Very reasonable goals. But it may, this and our strategy on day one might shift because it would be stupid of us to remain so 
firm on a strategy that's not getting us somewhere. And a lot of times, again, in the early stages, I on, we only know your side of the story. So we formulate our strategy based on, on that side. And then, you know, let's say that secret property in, in Jamaica manifests itself. Now we have we obviously have to change strategy. If we've been singing a song of you have no property, we have to change strategy. But it doesn't mean we're changing your goals. You still want to be financially okay. We get that and we want to help you get that. And so the form it will take and things like that are just things, just note that we you have to be flexible in that sense. So um yeah, I, I don't know if I've probably used too many words to express something that's simple, but a lot of times people are tied to uh one way of that strategy and what yes. Feeling safe for your children might look to you like remaining in the same home and going to the same school. But if it's not practical and we need to change strategy, we may decide, okay, is it possible for you to buy something else in the neighborhood? Is it, how important is the school? Like, you know, there's different ways we can help you achieve that big picture that you want. Make sure that we help you achieve your goals, but allow, allow for flexibility and strategy and in the way the end result looks. Otherwise, you could just end up fighting a very losing, expensive legal battle. I mean, I have nothing else to add to that, but I agree completely. All right, guys. So those are our 23 ways that we think clients um, waste money on legal fees. I hope you find this helpful. And we know that it's though we're not talking about you because you're very, you know, organized, you focus on the big picture, you are flexible, and you trust us as your lawyers and know that we will get you the very best um, deal for your case. But so until next time, we'll sign off um, on that note. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and joining us in the AP Legal Zone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more episodes by searching AP Legal Zone on anywhere you watch podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast today so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about any new episodes. Mm -hmm.